Oregon football did not make the cut for the number one in-state recruit in the class of 2023. It's not terrible news, but it's not great either. All recruiting talk coming your way. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. I appreciate the hundreds of you out there who have already done so. We're almost to 500 subscribers on the YouTube channel, which is way more than I thought uh, that, that we'd be at right now. So thank all of you for doing that. So let's get to uh, the recruiting news. And unfortunately, no John Garcia this week. He'll be back next week. He is uh, moving. So he's uh, a little bit busy. Any of you who I assume most of you have moved before know that it's uh, it's quite a hassle and involves quite a bit of work. By the way, if you're wondering where I do uh, play-by-play, it's for uh, this school right here. I was on the golf course wearing this shirt, and I thought, you know what? Why not uh, rep the school that uh, that I do play-by-play for? That being Southern Utah University that played Oregon back in 2000 and, I'm gonna say 17, 2017. Yeah, that sounds about right at Autzen and uh, blew them out of the water, of course. But uh, the big news right now is that Riley Williams, four-star tight end from Central Catholic High School in the Portland area, who is the top-rated recruit, according to 24-7 Sports, out of the state of Oregon in the class of 2023, does not have the Ducks in his list of three final schools. He was supposed to visit this weekend, actually. And also, before I forget, uh, later today, Tyler Turner, four-star safety, who has a crystal ball for the Ducks, is going to announce his commitment uh, that will be way after this episode drops. We'll talk about that, which way it goes uh, on tomorrow's episode. But Riley Williams was supposed to visit the Ducks uh, this weekend on June 24th. Instead, he cut his final teams down to three. It's Ohio State, Bama, and Miami. So uh, some really big-time schools out there that are going after this guy. That's the sort of player that he could potentially be at the tight end position. And you know, it, it's really surprising that that neither Oregon school is after this guy, maybe less so with Oregon State when you look at the caliber of schools that are, are recruiting him. But Oregon's been after him for a while. I mean, this is a guy whose name was, you know, getting tossed around every now and then on, on the recruiting sphere when 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 Cristobal and company were still there. So it's no surprise that they've continued to recruit him hard as he has gone cross country down to Coral Gables at, at Miami. But this is just not something that has happened very often, you know, and and Trajan Williams, a four-star safety in the class of 2022, who's coming in this year, who haven't heard a lot about so far. I don't think he's uh, hit the practice field yet. I think he's enrolling in the fall. You know, that's another name that, you know, I was talking about safeties yesterday that you might have to look out for in, uh, in the coming years. But, you know, when he decided to go to Oregon, I talked about how important it really is for, a school to be able to recruit the talent that's that's in their own backyard. Now, for Oregon, it, it's slightly less crucial because there isn't an overabundance of talent in the state of Oregon at the high school football level. It's not a very populous state, and you know everyone's concentrated up in the Portland area, and there aren't a, a ton of schools up there that are known for producing you know a, a big time 
college football prospects year in and year out. You, you have a, a Central Catholic, a, a Jesuit, a Westland, every now and then maybe a, a Lake Oswego, but uh, the first three really are, you know, Jefferson as well can put out some players. Those are the places where you, you tend to have the most in-state talent coming from and Williams falls into the central Catholic category, but it's not, it's never a lot of players and and it's never usually a huge big time prospect. And Herbert of course came from the state of Oregon. He was only a three-star guy, but I think that's because he committed to Oregon early, but um, I'm pretty sure the ducks were his first power five offer. You can correct me in the YouTube comments if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that is, that is correct. So, you know, losing the the, the top in-state recruit in the class of 2023, it's not great. Now, it is just one guy. If it starts to become a recurring trend, then you can start to ask questions. But I don't think this is, uh, you know, what, what's going on in the recruiting trail? Are they doing something wrong? Is their vision, you know, for the Ducks not hitting home with in-state recruits? I think we saw in the class of 2022, that's not the case. Williams just really seems to be a guy who, who is dead set on, on leaving the West Coast to play his college football. And some guys are just like that, right? Jaden Rashada appears to be like that. He uh, took Oregon out of his top five. I don't think he was ever uh, seriously considering USC. Now they also have Malachi Nelson. So maybe that was a part of it, but there were no other West coast schools there who, you know, really made it into his, his top seven or ultimately into his top five. There were none on the West coast. So some guys are just wanting to wanting to go elsewhere and, and for whatever reason are drawn to outside schools. So I, I would consider this more a, of a one-off because the best recruits in the state of Oregon have tended to come to the Ducks. Alex Forsyth comes to mind. Uh, I mean, obviously he was, you know, back a, a few years, but I'm just thinking about, you know, in-state talent that has come to Oregon and had really good careers. And Forsyth from Westland certainly falls into that category. But, you know, Oregon as a state is not like a Washington even, which I think is becoming a burgeoning recruiting power or in Arizona. Obviously, it's not as big as a California. I think Oregon's kind of comparable to Utah, but I kind of feel like Utah has even got more talent nowadays at the high school recruiting ranks uh, or at the high school football level than, than the state of Oregon does. So you, you want to have the top guys in your state come to your school more often than not, but you're not going to get all of them. And this is just one where the Ducks are, are are left out of the mix. It's a pretty big surprise. I think everybody was kind of caught off guard because he's had Oregon in the mix for so long and you're from the state. And um, it, it's certainly not something that that I expected. But, you know, from a, a recruiting standpoint, it makes me go, all right, that's not great, but not a disaster. From a roster standpoint, I, I don't think this is a position of need at all right now. It, it's not as if you don't want to continue to bring in high caliber players at every position every year, but some position groups are more pressing than others. And tight end is just not one right now where the ducks have a, a really pressing need. Um, a name to watch out for in the class of 2023 in terms of tight ends is uh, Walker Lyons. He, he's been offered by the ducks. Uh, he's from the, the state of California from the Folsom area. And, you know, maybe now that Williams is going to go elsewhere, the Ducks get get on the trail for him a little bit harder right now on 24 seven. They're listed as, you know, quote unquote, cool, you know, and that they've made an offer, but that they aren't uh, aggressively pursuing him. And I think they were going after Williams a little bit harder, but maybe Walker Lyons, a guy who doesn't have a, a timeline, at least that I'm aware of or an imminent recruitment, at least that I have seen. Maybe that's a guy that, that the staff decides they want to go after because they, they do want to get a tight end in the class of 2023. But th there's a lot of youth and there's a lot of talent in the tight end room, including a couple guys who you, you know about 
and, and you know the names, but we haven't seen a ton from them for various reasons, mostly injuries, but the, the depth in the tight end room is also a part of that. And I think that there's just, I, I love our tight ends. I really, really do. They didn't have a great spring game. There were a couple drops, but I think the blocking potential is there. Their pass catching prowess is pretty well established at this point, And they're all kind of unique players. And I'll go through all of them, including the guys who, you know, you might have forgotten about are, are in the mix as well, or at least in the position room. But first, I'll tell you about Built Bar, and they are always coming out with amazing new flavors. And now they've outdone themselves with the mud pie. I'm not even kidding. You, you Duck fans know I'm a mint brownie guy through and through. Mud pie, even better. No joke. I'm not. I, they are objectively better, and I still love mint brownie. But these mud pie bars are another level. And there's a mud pie puff. Too. It literally just tastes like a dessert. It's like a chocolate mousse dessert. And then the puff, you, of course, have a protein-infused marshmallow in there. It's packed with a bunch of protein, only 150 calories and 8 grams of sugar. It is just the perfect on-the-go treat to keep you going as well. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The tight end room is fine. The tight end, would I have wanted Riley Williams? Would I rather have him than not on the roster? Yes, of course. You'd rather have a good player at any position, regardless of what the the depth chart is looking like at this point in time, than you would not have him because you never know if guys are going to transfer. You never know if guys will get hurt or if they'll leave early for the NFL. All that sort of stuff is going to play into any given position group, depending on how talented those guys are. But I love Oregon's tight end room right now. Okay, so you've got Terrence Ferguson who, when he gets the ball in space, I think is the most explosive uh, of the group. And when you talk about his playmaking ability, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of Greg Dulcich at UCLA. Maybe not quite as good in the open field at this point in time, but we also didn't see them fully unleashed, I think, last year. But Ferguson, the, the small number of plays we have seen where he catches the ball and is able to run with it, he's a really, really athletic dude and, and a decent blocker as well. He's a sophomore. Spencer Webb, he's a junior. I think he's got the best hands of the bunch. And then Maliki Matavau, who played a lot this past year, is is a basically a chef on, on on the offensive line or tight end group because he's out there making pancakes not infrequently. I mean, he is a big-time blocker, caught a touchdown against Ohio State. I don't think that's his greatest strength, but you put him out there, to to run the ball obviously he can catch that that little pass on the end line with the tight end option route the rpl i hope we still do still do that in some sense i really like those plays they're always smart and they were all called always called at the right time but that was also joe moorhead and such but i think Matavau is, is the best blocker of the group but that's a sophomore a junior and a sophomore who, who are proven capable and, and versatile players and webb and ferguson can both block they're just not as good as Matavau because they're just not quite a, as big but those guys were pretty highly rated. Cruz Matavau, I think the highest of the bunch because he's about 6'6", 240, 250. I mean, he is a big, big dude. And I, I love the physicality he brings in, in the running game. But the two names that are still in the room that you probably haven't thought about in a little bit, and that's why I'm bringing them up here on the show, are Cam McCormick and Patrick Herbert. Now, Patrick Herbert hasn't really played yet. I don't know if he's caught a pass. He he missed the 2020 season, whatever that was, with an injury. But he was a consensus four-star recruit, and he was the number one recruit in the state of Oregon when he came out in the class of 2020. And so 
that reminds me a lot uh, of Riley Williams. And yeah, it would have been great to get him, but we have a guy uh, of similar caliber, at least from a recruiting standpoint on the roster who just hasn't gotten a major opportunity to play because there's so many talented guys in front of him. And then Cam McCormick, gosh, I'm sure many of you Duck fans out there know that there is not a player probably in college football that's had worse luck with injuries than Cam McCormick. It's I, I, I don't know what the guy did. From all accounts, he's a good dude. He works really hard, and he just, the football gods just keep punishing him, and it's unbelievably brutal, but he's still there. And so that's those are five guys. Herbert, you know, unproven, but McCormick, when he plays, more than belongs on the field. Those are five guys that I look at and go, I'd feel good with just about any of them out there, and I want to see them all in some form or another. McCormick mostly for you know semi-sentimental reasons. Not that he isn't a good player, but I just I would love to see him have a game in a big spot this year where he has like four catches for sixty yards and two touchdowns. That guy just absolutely deserves it. He worked his he worked all the way back from an injury in for the 2021 season. He catches a big third down and eight conversion against Ohio state that led to a touchdown drive. The second 99 yard drive of that game. And he gets hurt on that play in some fluky way, misses the rest of the season. It's just, it's ridiculous, heartbreaking, all of the, the negative adjectives you can come up with there. But this is why I'm not too concerned about Riley Williams, not, not coming there. Now, eventually it'll be a need, but in the immediate future, do you have to have bodies in there who you're going to develop for, you know, 2023 and 2024? Uh, the answer, I think, is no. You've got Ferguson in there. You've got Webb. You've got Montevall. I don't know what their NFL prospects would be. I don't think they're really that high. I think they're just pretty good college players who could, you know, maybe get onto a roster at some point. But do I think that Spencer Webb, who's a junior this year uh, and 1920, yeah, so he's uh, actually a fourth year junior. Do I see him as somebody who, might leave after the season for the NFL right now. It doesn't seem that way. He doesn't have the production because of the offense that he's been playing in primarily, but he doesn't have the production. He's got the physical traits perhaps, but does not have the stats to, to get the attention of teams and scouts to where he might be an NFL draft pick. I think that's why he didn't go in this year. And, you know, maybe if he has a really good year, he could go after this season. But again, I, I don't think that that's super likely. But Ferguson, a sophomore, Webb, a junior, Montevall, a sophomore, McCormick, I think it's a six, I think he's a six year senior. And then Patrick Herbert, uh, a, a third year sophomore. So I think there's plenty of talent and depth there. Look out for, for Walker Lyons, a highly rated four star tight end in the class of 2023. It's got Stanford and some other big time schools going after him. Maybe the Ducks ramp up the recruiting efforts at the tight end position there. But overall, I, I'm not concerned about the tight end room for this year and not for next year as well, because I think you got a lot of youth and you got a lot of talent as well. Speaking of uh, recruiting, uh, I mentioned earlier Oregon right now, the favorite for Tyler Turner. Now, Crystal ball predictions have been wrong before because Oregon was going to get Nico Yamaleava right up until we were not. Something changed at the last minute. I think we all kind of know what uh, what went down there. USC was the favorite for Josh Connerly. He ends up coming to the Ducks. That looks like a, a really good-looking move as the offensive line projects in, in the future. But he's a four-star safety in the class of 2023. He's down to Oregon and Oklahoma, so uh, hopefully he didn't watch the Alamo Bowl. Um, I mean, there's no defense really being played on either side. So, I mean, Oklahoma did a little at the start, but then eventually Oregon started to pile on the points. Uh, but the Ducks also 
uh, have crystal balls for 2023 three-star cornerback Colin Gill out of Texas and four-star cornerback Caleb Presley out of uh, Rainier Beach in, in Washington, I believe. I think Sam High School is Connerly. Don't quote me on that. I didn't look it up. I, I just that was uh, trying to put some dots together in, in my head. But of those three guys, including Tyler Turner, you know, do I want to get as many talented guys as possible? Yes, of course. If I could only have one, I'd go with Caleb Presley. He's got the highest rating. I think he has the most hype around him as well. And I, I haven't, uh, I haven't checked. Actually, let me see who else is going after Presley. Cause I feel like that's somebody Washington would want to try to get because they, you know, ha have been known for developing uh, DBs at, at a high level, but it does not look like uh, the Huskies are in the mix. So their recruiting struggles just kind of continue. But uh, Oregon is uh, one of the four favorites right now, according to 24 seven with Texas A&M, Alabama and Michigan state. So you got four different States uh, represented there in the pursuit of a guy from uh, Rainier Beach High School in the class of, of 2023. So former teammate of Josh Connerly, maybe that'll help. Uh, you, you never know. Another piece of recruiting news that is a little bit on the uh, the downer side. Uh, Five-star offensive lineman Caden Proctor, who's the number one offensive lineman, projects as a, a tackle in the class of 2023. He cut the Ducks out. They, they were in the mix a, a little bit towards the end, but he's now down to Iowa and Bama. And I, I think, you know, Adrian Clem and company are, are definitely going to need to be able to bring in some solid guys. Now, there are a couple names on the roster who, you know, were, were recruits from, from past classes who just haven't quite seen the field yet. I would watch out for Bram Walden. He's a pretty highly rated four star out of the state of, of Arizona. He's on the roster, hasn't played. Uh, I, I don't know if he's played at all at this point in time. And uh, with Oregon's offensive line being such a veteran unit this year, I, I hope that he doesn't have to play because I just I would love to see. And, you know, injuries are always going to happen. So Connerly will probably see the field at some point, as will Dawson Jaramillo. But I mean, you give me a five of Alex Forsyth, Ryan Walk, Big Sala, TJ Bass and Stephen Jones. I mean, put that up with any offensive line in the country. That's just such a it's such a great unit. And I'm uh, very happy that they're all back, uh, you know. Connerly definitely projects as the left tackle uh, of the future, and Proctor would have been a really, really great complement there. But th there are other offensive line pursuits the Ducks are going after. Olaus Allenen, a four-star offensive lineman who uh, who was on campus recently. Th there are other ways, but I'll be interested to see how that recruiting plays out in, in the coming months because the coaching staff has to see what I'm able to see as well, right? Which is that after this year, gonna, you're going to lose – at least four, maybe five of your starting offensive linemen to, to the NFL or graduation. And they're, they're not just four or five offensive linemen who start. They have a lot of starts and they're really, really good as well. And so it will be probably the greatest strength of Oregon again in 2022. But in 2023, you could be looking at a room that is just lacking experience. And hopefully they're not lacking talent, but they could be lacking experience. They could be lacking depth as well and that could be a little bit more of a, a question mark uh, other names to, to watch for on the recruiting trail david hicks the number one defensive lineman in the class of 2023 according to i think it was steve wiltfong somebody uh reputable said that that hicks was, was really impressed with uh, his oregon visit he was on campus recently and that would be 
probably the first major defensive recruit that Dan Lanning and Tosh Lupoy ha have landed so far. Cole Martin is a nice get. The son of Demetrius Martin, pretty highly rated four-star DB in the class of 2023. But I think they're still looking for that first, you know, kind of big landmark recruit in the class of 23. Lots of wins in 2022 with, you know, Josh Connerly, Kyler Casper, Jula Florence as well. But I think 23, you're still looking for kind of the, the big hallmark recruit at this point in time. There have been some players who I think can can be good, but I think they're still looking for the the, the splashy commitment right now. Colton Vasek, four-star edge player from Westlake High School in Texas or Westlake area in Texas. I forget which one. Uh, he was on campus recently. Olaus Allenen was on campus. Uh, four-star offensive lineman Logan Reichert. That's another name to watch out for. And then th there are other guys who... Uh, I don't think have been on campus super recently, but have uh, in the past or at least been on Oregon's radar for a while. Mateo Uyunglele, Oregon, uh, as far as I can tell, remains in the running right there. Uh, Four-star defensive end, Neo Avery. He comes from Maryland. Uh, let, let me double check that, but I'm pretty sure he's from the state of Maryland. You don't see a lot of guys from uh, from that part of the country coming all the way uh, across. But uh, yeah, our good lady council high school. That's a long name for a high school. Um well, it's OLGC, Our Lady Good Counsel, OLGC. All right, so he's from uh, he's from the state of Maryland, class of twenty twenty three. Um, Oregon has you know kind of been been tied to him. They're not super high on the trail right now. Kentucky, Maryland, and Penn State are all kind of the the top options for him there. Uh, Jaden Wayne, of course, out of uh, the Tacoma area, and then four four star athlete Robert Stafford was tweeting about Oregon. He was on campus for uh, a visit recently, and uh, I, I love pictures from visits with players and coaches and. Uh, you know, they're all all decked out in in some pretty dope looking uniforms like it's uh, it, it, it's a fun thing to see and, and always gives you those uh, future projections of, boy, what kind of player could he be? Will he be like this guy? Could he be like that guy? And, you know, it's just it's it's fun. I love recruiting. I'm sure many of you do as well. And that's why you follow along here on the show, which I thank you for doing. Thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Go make Lockdown Pack 12 your second. I'm hosting over there talking about the Conference of Champions. I appreciate everyone listening or watching the show. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.